Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Sanjeet. Okay, okay. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Queen is Dead. Uh, I'm Sanjeet. I have Dhruv and Karthik with me, and today we're very sp- we have a very special guest with us, uh, Mr. Rohan Nahar. Uh, so he's uh, he's a film reviewer, critic, chief content uh, chief content producer for over six years at Hindus Hindustan Times. So hi, Rohan. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm well. How are you guys? Sorry about the man. beginning. I really suck at it. <laughs> yeah, we suck at intros. Uh, we, but, yeah. but we get gradually better, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, we've we've been reading your reviews for the last five, six, four, four, five years, and everything. And I think the difference is more or less that there are some people who just review a film, right? And there are some people who give you an insight towards a film. I think that is where the difference lies between a reviewer and a critic, like a. a guy who actually critically breaks down a film or something so i think we the first thing that we want to begin with is we want an insight into your writing process in general and since like dhruv was mentioning before we started this podcast how you've been writing like a lot of reviews and everything so does it become mechanical after a certain point or do you still have that energy to you know write something very meaningful after a point oh man that is a complicated question because you know i think it depends on what i'm writing about like certain things mm-hmm. are yes very mechanical and i for the life of me i can't think of anything interesting to say about them mm-hmm. and that is the worst position you can be in you know as someone who mm-hmm. does this for a living it's always good when you're i mean it's the most difficult is when you're writing about something that you like mm-hmm. you know because yeah. then you want to like do justice to that and also you know not short change yourself kind of want to do the best job that you can do and talk about everything mm. that you want to and sometimes the pressure is really 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 uh, it mm. gets to your head but that happens very rarely because there's not a lot of good stuff that's made um, uh, yes. most of the stuff is bad and that is thankfully for me the easiest to write about mm. you know so uh, i mean there's no process uh per se it's mostly mm-hmm. driven by panic and like stress <laughs> and uh, just getting that thing out there as soon as possible because then mm-hmm. more than you know meeting deadlines i think it's about moving on to the next thing so mm-hmm. the only time i can move on to the next thing is if i finish what i'm calling to yeah. so yeah that yeah. is my yeah only i mean only... even i've thought about like you know when you read like a think piece on a film or something i just wonder yeah. how long did a person spend actually you know <clears throat> thinking about it and like actually coming up with the whole article uh, that is a bit of a it's slightly like ironic because think pieces in my opinion you can't churn one out two days after watching a film or the release of a film but mm-hmm. mostly that is what happens you know you watch something yeah. and then that is in the news cycles you are required to kind of write something i don't write think pieces but like most think pieces that are published are published within the first week of that yeah. title being released you know and then And that's too soon, right? Think piece is like thirty yeah. years later, right? You write think piece about something that you watched, like maybe when you were a child, or something that has been in the public consciousness for right. decades mm-hmm. and has kind of accumulated its own life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, but that is the nature of the business, you know, these days, especially mm-hmm. digital. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but then um, have you sort of made any any compromises in terms of your writing because of deadlines? Like, do you do it all the time, or is it like has it there been like something the that you've written down and, and like later you realize you may me. have? Okay. So, okay. so the deadlines are personal deadlines. The goals are personal goals. Um, so I have only myself to blame or thank. 
uh, <laughs> about how uh, something turns out. Yeah. Uh, I've never, no, I would never do that. I would never like make a compromise or something like that. Because then I'll, it'll just eat at me for like years. <laughs> I'll probably never forget it. That, yeah. you know, that one time I didn't do justice. I mean, I might not do justice to something. You know, I might mm-hmm. remember something years later. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, I missed that. Yeah. You know, and that mm-hmm. itself is so frustrating. So yeah. I'll try my best when I can, when I when it's in my control, mm-hmm. to yeah. do what I can. Um, the deadlines, you know, we have embargoes on reviews, mm-hmm. and those are in a way deadlines set by you know the studio or the streamer for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can choose to publish later, but that mm-hmm. doesn't you know it makes no sense. So I might as well meet yeah. that deadline. Uh, those are annoying, but then. <laughs> Um, on those occasions, you know, I have a little wiggle room, so I'll get like a few days at least uh, to hit that embargo. So that's fine. There's no pressure over there. The worst mm-hmm. is when you watch something in in the theaters and then immediately have to come back and mm-hmm. you know right. like okay. one and then publish it. But that theater thing is also not happening in the last whatever year and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were just um, talking like before the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. like we were just. Thinking about the reviews that we see most often, like say on YouTube or something, and mm. um, it seems like you know most of those critics, and I'm just talking about you know all the mainstream like you know famous critics that are mm. from our country. It seems like if they had just a WordPress blog where they had the liberty to publish things mm. at their own pace, I feel like you know what they would be doing would be very different because uh, as you said, like deadlines are a whole different thing, right? Like, am mm. I right in thinking so? Like, if you had you know your own personal pace of doing things, would you be writing about all the things that you do write about today? In fact, more. more. <laughs> I'll be oh doing more. Yeah. yeah. Because, see, I want to not just cover the latest Marvel movie hmm. because everyone's going to cover the latest Marvel movie and that yeah. is of no interest to me. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the Marvel movie is the least interesting things that you can watch in the world. Uh, <laughs> sadly, because I work at a mainstream publication, I have to cover the most mainstream uh, releases. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now those might not align with my personal taste. Mm, right. um, my personal taste might be really, really, really weird. But then, how can I justify it to yeah. a mainstream publication? Now, fortunately, I'm in the position where I can choose. I can mm. cover the most obscure thing in the world. Mm. Yeah. The most obscure thing in the world. I do have the freedom to cover it. But then, mm. I'm going to eat away at my own time. You know, it's going to be done. Mm. I'll have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. not a luxury that I have. The time is not the luxury that I have. So if mm-hmm. I had a personal blog and no obligation, mm-hmm. otherwise, I would just do more. I would just cover yeah. everything that I possibly can. Well, you will. So basically, I think what Karthik was kind of alluding to, and I also am wondering now is like, do you, so would you write about that Marvel film at all if I you would, had yeah. the choice? You I would, okay. of course I would. Okay. I would write about okay. everything, okay. you know. That's that's commitment and and a lot of uh, love for writing about films, which of course makes sense because it's our, your profession as such. But uh, but no, which it's, is a common uh, misconception. People think that you know people in my profession hate yeah. films, but if you that's hate the it, tag, do it. that's the problem of the tag, right? The yeah, critic. that's like the mainstream mm. thought process mm-hmm. of people, right? You usually end yeah. up hating things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have a little right? You. You keep on writing reviews regularly on that. I mean, like a one-liner review at least. Sorry? I mean, on Letterboxd, you keep it updated, right? With with those one-liner reviews. Yeah, Letterboxd is... Uh, so I'm like... for I think it's a, a website meant for people like me, like just obsessive, mm-hmm. like OCD yeah. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'll, you know, I before, even before Letterboxd existed, I would like 
have notes on my phone you know like i would just mm. like log everything on my phone mm. you know like i watched this thing that day and then i i mean i usually have like one immediate thought and i'm like okay let's just post that there <laughs> about something yeah mm. i mean that's fun though i like like a box i wish they had like a dm yeah. feature or maybe if they have a dm feature if you pay for it i'm just using the free one right now maybe they'll listen to this and add it <laughs> I mean, highly unlikely guys so, i mean always hope for the best whatever yeah best aim is. high man yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay um so uh, i have this thing i want to talk about where it's kind of uh, antithetical to everything we've said so far but uh, mm-hmm. it's just my personal experience like you know um i've basically done the whole thing of like you know getting into movies and like starting to read reviews from here and there and all of that like film criticism and like you know some pieces like articles here and there and but then like i at a point i kind of stopped also like i just stopped reading criticism like i just got i just got a little tired of it i guess mm. and uh, yeah i was just telling these guys before like uh, right now i i don't see much value in just going to a review immediately after i see a movie it's all, it's almost like you know something is being prescribed to you almost like there are reviews mm-hmm. that are written that way but you know I, i just get that feeling like i just want to have that experience still in my head of what i just saw and mm-hmm. uh, even if it's something like the the person who's writing it is pointing out details uh, that i didn't even notice but then it's not like i really want that also like mm-hmm. i don't know if this makes sense like uh, i agree with you yeah so i, I, I mean that, yeah yeah I, I just want to know you. what you think about this. I 100% agree with you which might sound weird because this is how I do this for a living but I the first thing I say is please don't read anything I write which is <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that but uh, like my opinion is worthless why would you read what someone else has to say or write about a certain thing right mm-hmm. it just makes no sense to me I mean I don't uh, I guess it. I guess man like I it's it's not it's not somebody personally that I want to you know ignore their work like you know no. whatever they write it's just like generally like I just got to a point where I was like I just want to see the movie and then that's it like I just go it's done like I maybe it's in my head maybe it's not maybe I like it maybe I hate it like it's just, it's okay, just, well, that's your opinion yeah. right then yeah, no, yeah no one can influence it and then you don't feel pressure right, to kind right, of right. think a certain way Right. or whatever yeah mm-hmm. i agree with it i don't read anything myself i mean i don't read anything prior to writing is my okay. rule mm-hmm. i will read after i am done with my opinions mm-hmm. uh, once <clears throat> i've published i will go but then for i'll give you an example i watched the new clinties which is okay mm-hmm. and that is a movie that is not very good and mm-hmm. it is it just didn't make me it bored the hell out of me and i love clinties so you know i can read a bunch of stuff about clinties so i would never read anything about crime much <laughs> it just oh, yeah. i'm not interested i'm not right. interested but for instance i will go and read something about malignant even though i did not like the movie <laughs> right go i'm like go. oh like this is something that provokes a response and i'm interested in knowing what those responses are yeah. um you know like it's going to be a divisive thing so i'll yeah i'm interested like kota factory i hate it but i know a lot of people like it <laughs> so i'd be interested in uh, reading a smart writer's yeah. opinion about kota right. factory and why it worked for them you know if only be, you know, to be kind of shown an alternate take because i i'm very clear about my opinion mm. now yeah. it's mm. like just to for entertainment right i want to be yeah. entertained now now tell me what do you think Yeah. Uh, but that's about very rarely but this happens only for things that i'm actually interested in wanting mm. to know more about most of the things are mediocre like i'm watching i'll never think about it ever again you know yeah. after watching it. 
um but but then uh, like once you've seen a film written your review and everything you're mostly clear mm. clear about your opinion right and mm. then you're interested in reading reading everyone else's pieces also right so like there are maybe some writers that you probably admire or like love like love reading their uh, writing for mm. a film right does that mm. then influence your do you maybe uh, you know think about what you've written about a certain film later on of course yeah that is the only reason i will go and read someone it's mm-hmm. to kind of recontextualize the yeah. entire experience of watching something and writing about it that doesn't necessarily mean that i'll go back and be like oh my god my opinion was wrong you mm-hmm. know uh my opinion was my opinion and my opinion is because of the nature of the game is like very like knee jerk you know what yeah. i'm saying you watch something and your immediate response mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. you're going to end up writing about now there are mm-hmm. certain films or shows that i will you know change my opinion about over a few days mm-hmm. not drastically but yeah. like you know um, i don't give star ratings but like Mm-hmm. If it's a three, it'll go to three point five or maybe two point five. But that's mm-hmm. about it. Very rarely. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I would on those few occasions, I will want to read and find out what uh, alternate takes are on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, just for you know the sake of getting some perspective. Yeah. Um, because you know it's very uh, people don't understand this. People expect reviews to be very. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. objective yeah. it's not possible you know yeah because yeah. everyone is different and you're going to view whatever you're viewing through your lens mm-hmm. and my job is to convey what i feel and that opinion is going to be based on however many years i've lived you know yeah from minute 1 to the minute i've finished writing my opinion yeah. is based on all those facts and that is something very complicated to convey to someone who's going to come at you with like kya hai bro you know <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it makes sense. I mean, I I was uh, wondering. So, your a lot of the reason why you'd go to um, read other people's opinions is then films, right? More more so than like it depends on how much the film is intriguing. If that's a device, exactly, or, it's entirely about the film, you know, okay. or the series. If yeah. it's boring, I will never think about it again. You know, got it. Ah, uh, if it is something interesting, mm. if it is like the Green Knight, you know, if it is. Mm. I would want to kind of get some opinion yeah. here and there because there's just so much to think about, you know. And do you? It's always good to read because a lot of people in not just my uh, profession, uh, but you know, generally, hmm. it. I mean, if you're going to be writing one movie, you better be reading about writing. You know, yeah. you need to be informed yeah, about your craft. Mm-hmm. This is a craft at the end of the day. So you yeah. need to. That is like the basic. Yeah. Uh, people don't watch enough movies you know in my opinion and mm-hmm. there are you know i spoke to yeah who was it dibakar banerji and he was like i don't watch movies and for a second i was stunned i was like what that goes against everything that i believe in but then you're yeah. one of the best directors in the country he said like, i don't watch movies that's something current yeah. here would say you know yeah. but then there you go but what did he mean though he, he doesn't watch current movies or like he's just not into watching he, anymore he, So I'll I'll want to paraphrase him because I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something mm-hmm. to the effect of um, watching a lot of movies is not always the best. Thing. Okay. And this was in context yeah, sure. to a conversation about the reviews for Sandeep or Pinky Farrar, which were very divisive. So mm-hmm. my opinion was, you know, people mm-hmm. who reviewed it when it came out in theaters mm-hmm. perhaps aren't. They just reviewed it. You know what I'm saying? They were like mm-hmm. good, bad, thumbs up, thumbs down, kank. Yeah. And he was, and my opinion was like. Maybe they weren't the most informed. Maybe they weren't the most well-read. They hadn't really experienced a lot of, you know, movies from here and there. And yeah. his point of view was yes, 
maybe but watching a lot sometimes is not the greatest thing no. um <laughs> we have no, a I similar didn't... like example though like uh, sandeep or pinky farrar is a movie which was uh, was it shelved like uh, what happened for sandeep? many years yeah you yeah. have no idea what happened but i think he had some sort of fallout with you whatever yeah. yashraj i mean we have another similar example this is a movie supposed to have released in 2013 and it finally got released on uh, i think eros now last year it's a movie called eros Anwar- yeah. yeah it was a movie called anwar ka jab kissa i don't know if you heard of it i'm sure mm-hmm. you have <coughs> so i mean we really loved that movie but then you know just the the reviews on that film i mean i don't know what to say about it. like it just seems like you know this paperwork submitted type of stuff that was written about it nobody really gave it much attention uh did you hmm. did that come to your notice that movie at all it did not man unfortunately okay. i haven't seen it so i can't oh. give you my opinion or my opinion about other people's opinion about it uh, you should definitely check thing, it out man like you should check it out for sure like it's i will i will, I will. yeah i i mean always up for it's un unbutchered at hotstar right one of the few movies that's unbutchered <laughs> at least probably because no one who was in charge Watch. of putting it up was there <laughs> yeah. basically yeah um, uh, also you mentioned <clears throat> you mentioned star ratings right like you said you don't mm. give star ratings i mean mm. like uh, uh, i think i wa- i also start doing the same not that i'm a critic but like you know on letterbox i mean uh, <laughs> for 20 people who follow me but uh, even i just stopped doing that like it just didn't make sense to me uh, i'd like to know like why you started doing that Oh, I started doing. I mean, the simple answer is because my organization made an editorial call. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. there was I think a few years ago we used to give star rating, but then there was some time few years ago where they were like, "We won't do star rating." Uh, mm-hmm. and the thought process behind it was, you know, uh, wonderful. Fully agree with it. Uh, mm-hmm. something you can't just, you know, it's a uh, it's a subjective opinion. You can't just, you know. reduce it to a star rating mm. which is something i always agreed with so it kind of works for me. um the long and short of it i wouldn't have been able to do it myself i couldn't i couldn't be like you know mess star rating i'm not going to give but since the organization was on board with it uh, and i was like yeah cool yeah. does I that can, put can... does that put extra effort in coming up with uh, headlines and sub headlines yes. because like that's the that's the difference yep. right because the fi- rating otherwise does half the work of that it is yeah because not a lot of people read hmm. uh, unfortunately yeah. and you know i mean i have de- like i can see the live data in front of me so <clears throat> i can uh not everyone will probably you know what people tend to do is uh, look for the star rating if they don't find the star rating they'll read the opening hmm. paragraph yep. they'll read the last paragraph hmm. now for my own like <laughs> amusement what hmm. i'll do is i'll just just refuse to give like a direct opinion in the first and last paragraph Okay. <laughs> like why should I? You know what I'm saying. So I'm gonna make yeah. the first and last paragraph very, very vague sometimes. But yeah. that is only when I have that amount of luxury to kind of mess around with uh, yeah. things. Uh, yeah. But that being said, you know, people don't read. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> certainly, so, uh, you know, the most popular Bollywood film or whatever will get a lot of mm-hmm. hits. But yeah. that's like you know Netflix telling you that eighty million people watch that movie. But how many people actually you know finish? How many people watch Irishman from top <laughs> to finish? Who knows? You know. But according to Netflix, like forty yeah. million people watch the Irishman. Nonsense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Similarly, with what I publish, you know, like certain amount of people must have clicked on it. But like, how many people actually read it? Very mm. few. And I can kind of 
tell because I know how much time they spent on it, how far down they scrolled mm. in the article. And mm. yeah, so the headline is basically, you know, two-factor um, approach. One is mm. to get yourself ranked on Google, mm. which is yeah. primary. Mm. If I don't mm. get ranked on Google, then mm. no one's going to read at all, you know. Mm. So I have to put every effort <laughs> uh, in doing that. Secondly, I have to take a stance in the headline. I can't be vague mm. in the headline. Um, because people, I mean, that's very basic human nature. If you read something, you're like, mm, I'm not sure about what this is. If you don't, kind of, <laughs> why would you click on it? You know, mm. my The headline's job is just to get the person to click on it. Inside, I guarantee you, I'm going to do whatever it, whatever I can to make it engaging. But yeah. the headline is just, you know, just as basic as I can. Okay. <clears throat> um, so I just wanted to ask, like, are there any writers that you look up to in terms of uh, criticism? Like in general, it can be internationally or in the country. Mm. Anybody who, um, you know, if they put out a review on something you're interested in, like you are going to go to this person first, that type of thing. That used to happen when I wasn't doing this professionally. Um, okay. So when I was just, you know, I was in college, school, whatever, I would read a lot, you know, and uh, I think the, this is going to be a cliched answer, but then the game changed after uh, Roger Ebert died. Now, mm. I know in recent years, people have kind of started having second opinions about, like, you know, they have like, mm, maybe he wasn't that good. But mm. as a writer, you can't, you know, yeah. you know fall. Like, he's flawless, you know, mm. it's incredible. And he probably wrote 50 times more pieces than anyone in this country currently does. Mm. Um on a weekly basis, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But then once he died, uh, so he, he was someone I would read regardless of whether or not I'm going to watch that ever. So it's just a random movie that I'm never going to watch. But I'll read something that he's written about. And I think that is the definition of someone that you look up to as a writer. You know, you read whatever they have. Uh, now it's mostly like, like I said, you know, I'll just, I'll seek something out once and then I'll read kind of a, um, smattering of opinion. I won't read like one person or two. I'll just be like, oh, what does this person have to say? And that kind of keeps you on your toes as well because you know what's good and what's bad. Similarly with like mm-hmm. films. If you don't watch yeah. bad films, you don't know what's good. Yeah. Um, similarly, if you like don't know what bad writing is, then you don't know what good writing is. So just, just to talk about Ebert, like uh, even I used to do that in like school and mm. college, just go read like Ebert's review of whatever I'm watching. Um, like I remember reading about uh, Darjeeling Limited uh, and mm. Ebert's review of that and you know he recommends uh, this R.K. Naran book in the end and I was like oh this is great and uh, like one of the things I heard somewhere that was told about Ebert is like he kind of put the film into perspective as in like the if you're watching a movie for the first time and maybe you don't know about the history of film like you don't know what preceded this that has influenced this particular film mm-hmm. that yeah. you have just watched. So I think is that something you also try to do as in like, you know, from your knowledge of films, like do you, you know, put this into perspective? Like, you know, if, if a movie has like say a predecessor, which did the exact same thing, but then, you know, most mm-hmm. audiences don't know about it. Do you try mm-hmm. to communicate that at all? Like, uh, I think oh. you know, just from a reader's perspective, it's, that's like a great thing if a critic does that, I think. I mean, that's a good question. See, uh, whatever, see, whatever sentence I write, it mm. has to come with context. Uh, mm. As some example, like I'll mm-hmm. give you a very basic example. I can't go and say XYZ is a good movie, you know, because your next question will be why is it a good movie? Um, 
similarly if for instance i watch i watch a movie and like you said i was reminded of 15 other things and i'm instantly comparing this particular movie to those 15 other movies um uh, mm-hmm. there is no way i would not write that because that is informing my opinion mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i don't know if it will inform your opinion but then it has informed my opinion and i can't go out and say that oh this is you know familiar it's predictable or whatever without telling you why it's familiar it's familiar because i've seen it 15 times um yeah here 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 now once i've said that what's the next question the next question is okay you've seen this before why are you saying this is better or that was better so i'm like okay that person did this and this mm. is why you know yeah. i prefer this that so it's just like an endless thing but whatever sentence you write has to come with some amount of thought yeah. you have to kind of justify the existence of that opinion mm. um by offering uh, you know a reason for its existence you know i don't know what i'm saying but they are Basically. No, no, makes sense. I think, but yeah. what with the Ebert yeah. thing is probably that he makes his way of writing kind of makes it seem more universal than that than is it magic, probably, right? Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. Because he he is the most informed person in the room, yeah. and uh, he's also the most approachable person. Mm. That's the vibe, and mm. that is the ultimate vibe. This right, you know, you can yeah. you can also be like he's not talking. This is the worst thing someone in my profession mm. can do is talk down to a yeah. reader. Yeah, your opinion is bad. You know, you're a dumb person. You know, mm. uh, because who, what, like, who are you to say anything? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that is what he—that's <clears throat> what he did. You know, he can be approachable. He can talk about the stupidest Adam Sandler movie, but then mm. he'll never—he'll—he'll—he'll he'll, he'll say the movie is stupid. He'll say Adam Sandler is stupid for doing it, mm. and Adam Sandler is stupid for doing fifteen of those movies. But then he'll never point a finger at the audience and be like, "You are stupid for watching this." You know, which I think is something to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, nowadays especially, and we can jump to more online criticism in general, more than just uh, interviewing <laughs> Rohan now and grilling him about his writing process. <laughs> I think it's which does uh, not exist. There's no writing process as we've established. Yes. So for so we just <laughs> move on to the online criticism bit, which is like, how do you, uh, how does one actually go about? selling selling is probably the wrong word here but like how does one go about promoting themselves without having those you know catchy the, the part where we where i was talking about the fact that you know the roger ebert didn't have that condescending tone to it but the mm. problem nowadays becomes that when you put something out on instagram or twitter or anything like you know mm. the, the short form of writing kind of invites a lot of people to give that verdict you know the uh, mm. how does so like as a critic do you purposely sort of avoid these platforms you try and sort of navigate them in a way where you don't promote you know extreme opinions in that sense like i am curious about that considering i also struggle with sort uh oh uh, you're asking if i uh, publicize my opinions about certain things on social media publicize in a sort of you know i mean just just to get people to watch you said right you or or to read you have to like publicize it in a verdict sort of way you know that mm. this is correct this is wrong this is good mm. this is bad like that like how do you navigate <clears throat> that as a writer like yeah okay so okay i don't know if i'm fully following the okay. question but when yeah. i don't have i don't have much of a social media presence mm. um you don't and <laughs> I don't like. I I just stop tweeting. Like initially, also I would just plug my links, yeah. and that would be <clears> that. <throat> unless something like really riled me up, or someone said something, I'll you know I'll 
I can't help myself. But I'm beyond that now as well. Like I just, you know, there's no point. Um, you're literally just one drop in like this huge ocean. You're that you're no reason. Like I said at the beginning of this episode of your podcast, that there's no reason why anyone should take me seriously or <laughs> anyone else. You know what I'm saying? So by that same logic, like I don't take anyone seriously. So why should anyone take me seriously? So. I'm just over social media. A lot of people mm-hmm. in my profession rely on social media heavily um, to kind of like do exactly these things. You know, to get people to engage with them, uh, read what they've written, watch what they've uh, like a video or something. Mm-hmm. They do that, and mm-hmm. uh, all in evidence suggests that those people are more successful. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah that is i mean that is a valid reason why that happens and there is like mm-hmm. tangible proof that it works mm-hmm. uh, well, is it something i'm not interested in talking about? i mean that's admirable and you had you <laughs> just follow the question and answer it just to like uh... no but i'm lucky also because i have a very huge organization that i work for if i was yeah. like a solo person like i didn't i was like a freelancer or mm-hmm. you know had my own blog then i would be compelled mm-hmm. to like i can't imagine me being me like this yeah if I didn't have the, you know, the platform that the organization gives me. Although, that is the organization. Everyone who reads whatever I've written is because of the organization, not because of me. Um, anyone who gives me any sort of attention, any sort of studio or a company or whatever, that's because of the organization I work at. Tomorrow, if I'm not there, no one's going to think of me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, I, that I is you mentioned valuable like, you know, perspective yeah. to have. I think you mentioned like, you know, getting ranked high up in Google also, right? So I think yeah. if, if somebody's like a freelance blogger or they're just writing on their WordPress blog, that is, I think, the most difficult thing to do. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you just read about it, it's just like, you know, it's very difficult to understand. You got to put, you got to put like keywords in there or like ta- tags. <laughs> no, but then, no, no, I'll tell you what happens is if you're a, WordPress blogger, you cannot mm. compete with, you cannot rely on right. a Google mm. to get mm-hmm. your hits right. The smart mm. thing to do is to cultivate your own audience. Now, you mm. are in a b- better position than I am because the people who read you, read you for you. Mm. Yeah, right? yeah. People who read me, read me for HD. 99.9%. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there'll be 1% of the audience. Who's, <laughs> All three of us, people, man. That is very cool. <laughs> but then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I owe it to my organization to rank number one on Google. Right, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is my job. It's, I have it's to do a... that. If I don't do that, I'm good. But you, as a WordPress blogger, mm-hmm. all you need to do is publicize your own writing on your own platform and mm-hmm. cultivate a loyal reader base. You don't have to compete with mainstream publications. Mm-hmm. I have to compete with mainstream publications. Your source of, you know, uh, the avenues through which you're getting your audience are going to be completely different from mine. Um, and mm-hmm. this happens even with digital media organizers. Like, I will compete with the Times of India or an Indian Express mm-hmm. to an extent. But, say, a first post will not compete with me because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense for them, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can't. A film companion cannot compete with an HD. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So they will cultivate a re- loyal readership. Mm-hmm. Do um, you... Uh, and going back to you, I know, but but in general, does which do you crave that as a as a as a writer, like wanting that loyal fan base, or is it fine now to accept the fact that uh, that organization sort of propels your writing more so than you are sure that you have cultivated? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, see, here's the thing. It's again very complicated, but a good question. <laughs> um, I the first thing that I need to kind of you know establish is that, like I said, tomorrow if I'm not with the organization, no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I cultivate my own readership, it's obviously gratifying, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's something that will probably be very, very, uh, it'll motivate me. And uh, and motivate me for the right reasons. Like mm-hmm. right now, I will I I owe my company certain things, and that is my motivation. It's not mm-hmm. to say that it's bad, you know, yeah. because I'm still being I'm able to you know put out a lot, and uh, I'm happy with what I'm putting out. Yeah. But then my motivations will change if I'm writing just for myself. Um, part of me craves but then, like I said, if I don't have the organization, then it's basically your no one cares, yeah. you know. Um, a great uh, publicity thing for all the critics out there. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to go into criticism myself, which is why I, I understand what you mean. I mean, see, people, I would like to imagine this fantasy world where people care and people care about what you have to say. Yeah. Uh, but then you have to also, like, I'm come from a very cynical point of view about everything. Yeah. Um, that is earned and that is earned when you like you know like you said you publicize yourself you're active social media you have to do a million other things like critics nowadays have their own pr machinery mm. which is to someone who doesn't even have social media friends that is bonkers like to reach that level of like you know dedication to your yeah. never imagine myself doing that you know what i'm saying no, that so makes i'm sense. in a way sacrificing uh, a loyal reader base I mean, that, I that's okay. Change, change the organizations from the inside out, right? That's that's the <laughs> that's the way to go about it. I mean, you're writing I'm, honestly. It's uh, I've I've me and Sanjeet were especially discussing this before. Also, like your writing has one of the things that I really appreciate is examples. Like that's the one hmm. big thing that is not there in criticism, which is like a shock to me. Like why? Would people write that you were saying, right? That right, this is good and this is bad. And one of the things that you do is actually say, why is it good and why is it bad? Yeah. And that's missing from like publications who are like well reputed and all, also. So, like, I think those small incremental changes itself, I think, will be like enriching. Just to. Because I read you know. this Neil Gaiman nonfiction book many years ago and something stuck out to me because of mm-hmm. it was connected to what I do. And he said basically he was talking about his. Uh, critic buddies and he mm. said um, he basically explained the difference between a reviewer and a critic so he said a reviewer is someone who tells you if something is good or bad uh, <laughs> a critic is someone who tells you what they felt mm. <laughs> so, what's yeah, yeah. yeah no makes sense makes sense i mean to me at least it does uh hopefully to everyone else also i mean <laughs> i my aim also whenever i write or whatever i've not done any like publications or anything but like i've written reviews in general but like the aim is always mm. to like say why or answer why something <clears throat> good or bad versus like what what the what i think you can just answer in a conversation like this i think like i can mm. tell you that share share is bad but what mm. else why, why is, it, is bad? it bad exactly <clears throat> uh, <laughs> going back to our shit it sounds very basic yeah <laughs> but like obviously like you have to explain why something yeah. is bad yeah, yeah. but yeah we've come to the point where people don't and uh, that's mm. just fine like no yeah. one cares like i mean no yeah. one cares yeah, <laughs> yeah. we should start this one. episode that no one cares film criticism <laughs> online film criticism <laughs> <laughs> um 
all right man uh, so we just wanted like a quick insight into whatever you do uh, so thanks for uh, accepting our invitation to come wait, on wait, i podcast. have one more question one more question sorry okay, sorry man. it was lagging on my end sorry sorry was that prematurely wrapping up yeah yeah sorry. no no wait 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 one question okay. i have wait. go ahead go ahead go ahead uh, okay so this is more of a personal question like ha huh. um ha oh yeah like, so i know what you're going to ask yeah what acha okay i already yeah, told yeah, you yeah. go ahead go ahead um so okay for for over the years we've been viewing movies and everything right and i think with every year you've seen probably like 200 300 movies more than you did the last year mm. so um like for me personally this and i just want to know does it happen to everyone else who's like writing reviews um is like i used to view like for example let's say a salman khan movie okay Mm. and one was extremely you know critical of of his films right like extremely critical like whatever he mm. did like there was some few highs like those slightly bumps that looked like highs but whatever um but now for example let's say his last few films um they've sort of been like a parody of his film, like his filmography in general right they they, mm. they are they, i mean i don't know if they intend to be parodies but they are sort of parodies so how does one be critical of them because i mean the bad the the probably the bad part is obviously you know visible to anyone watching it. then what mm. do you write in a piece that that people sort of end up reading and get something more out of <laughs> i mean salman khan is a funny example because zero people in the world are reading reviews of salman khan movies exactly exactly so like how do you like you know make people read something and and that there's something different to look at so i would go all out because i know that the movie is so dumb and the movie is deliberately dumb you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. it's lazy it's lazy like let's take radhe for example yeah, yeah. i watched radhe okay and for fun i watched i didn't watch it for work i'm just like <laughs> you have to you know like i said yeah. you have to watch the bad so i'm watching radhe and i'm my brain because it's trained now in a certain way i'm like coming up with like oh like i'm writing in my head while i'm watching it <laughs> and that is something i can't avoid at least like so i'm like this is fascinating so he's there is a he's doing like a justice league flash thing in the beginning that's how he's introduced <laughs> which is a weird pull like that is a deliberate pull right he's watched justice league and he's like i want to do that right mm. so that that is an insight into salman khan's salman khan's thought process which is fascinating to me then yeah, there yeah. is just this weird uh, idea that jackie shroff is playing the brother to someone who is like you know 30 years younger so i'm like why why like how did their parents what happened there you know and so i'll just like fixate on certain things but then see when you're writing it depends on what sort of writer you are you can you can actually take it seriously and you know offer like mm. a criticism of like the last decade of bhai's downfall and explain why uh you know like laziness uh just he knows he can get sort magnus is there yeah because he knows he can you know he he can earn a certain amount of money uh that leads to you know just bollywood in general because most movies made are made for money and not because someone has something to say um yeah. so it's like a never ending like a uh, pandora's box that you keep on opening and it'll just open like fascinating uh conversations or mm-hmm. you can just be like it's a trash movie and go about your day i mean that is what most people did right they they labeled it as illogical and i was like no this is not illogical like how would you why would you call this film illogical but that, I mean, see, that a... is again something that everyone so everyone who made that movie knows it's a bad movie right so yeah, how yeah. do you counter that you know what i'm saying some people yeah, make yeah. bad movies deliberately he yeah. wants to make a dumb movie 
that is in itself a fascinating idea to me right how do you start yeah. off wanting to make a stupid movie <laughs> this proudly yeah. say that hum rickshaw walon ke liye banate hain but you're condescending rickshaw walas yeah are you saying that every rickshaw wala is dumb as you are <laughs> incorrect yeah yeah, yeah. so okay, i would uh, like fully point fingers so so another question that i had was do you like watching films in theaters in general versus what oh, you've been this, watching on this is a huge ongoing discussion that we have it happens almost on every episode so yeah man please chime in uh see i've grown up watching things on my laptop um mm-hmm. i don't mind um yeah and i think most people have watched movies at home like it's an expensive kind of we forget this it costs money you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and especially when we are younger you don't have money. um so a lot of people at that impressionable age especially if you're interested in world cinema a we can't source it Mm-hmm. how do you yeah. get your hands on what you want to watch once you have gotten your hands on it then you watch it on a small screen mm-hmm. you appreciate it what it is now if you were to watch it on the big screen i'm sure that mm-hmm. would enhance the opinion or at least change it yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, so the, i'm not going to go and say that you know it makes no difference i've seen certain movies that i've hated um and slightly enjoyed more on the big screen and vice versa yeah so that just indicates that there is a difference now it's not you know a massive difference because at the end of the day if it's engaging then it will engage you regardless you know yeah. what i mean um and usually the kind of people who say that oh this is a big screen experience etc 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 because not a lot else going on maybe besides like drone shots <laughs> i mean i'm i'm cheap, totally cheap with, totally with rohan here to be honest sanjeev you know no but then he also spoke about he that enhances your you know viewing it experience it can enhance but it's not the primary thing i think mm-hmm. okay no no so so there's yeah. also what i point want to point towards uh, is like let's say a tenet came out last year right mm. and we know it's like i mean the general opinion has been sort of mixed right huh. and it's not that i absolutely love that film or i completely understand that film Uh, mm. but what happened was i watched it twice in theater but every time it's that that experience is so overpowering it's almost like overwhelming at at points that i sort of can't really point out what negatives or like flaws are there in a film like that so does that yeah. happen to you as well sometimes especially with like marvel movies you watch a marvel movie at home i mm-hmm. guarantee you you will get bored in the first act mm-hmm. i'm talking about most marvel movies not obviously like you know the good ones Yeah. but then you watch that and especially this happened in the last year where you had the power to pause you know yeah yeah and then that is a true indicator you know because i'm pausing everything so i mean what does i have to say about the movie <laughs> if you're pausing everything mm. yeah then that's not a good place to be in now if i'm mm. watching like the five bloods it's two and a half hour movie not yeah, yeah. pause it a single time you know yeah that is victory now i don't care if i watch it in the big screen it's already one you know what i'm saying it might yeah. be different it yeah. certainly i would assume it's different because of just how it's made but mm-hmm. then it's a five star movie already for me you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying yeah uh tenet yeah i'll i i i i assume that it's one of those that will kind of fool you into thinking that it is uh, <laughs> more important than it is just yeah uh if you watch it on the big screen but then if you watch it on the small screen all the flaws come out all the flaws come out right i to yeah, think yeah, if yeah. i think if i watched it on the big screen all the flaws would have come out regardless like i think so second, you know yeah. pause 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 
we are the one person who actually read uh, your reviews for you so amazing uh, <laughs> i'm so yeah so uh, i mean we look forward to everything you write uh, and uh, yeah i mean thanks for coming man yeah you can follow him on uh, letterbox and twitter and check out his podcast on spotify which is good thanks yeah. for the blog all the best to you guys yeah. Uh, yeah. remember and, yeah. no one cares <laughs> yeah yeah that's I, the... i will stop recording now if i just my double take he is crazy about my dizzy spin and i go crazy just watching him you bet he is crazy about me as crazy as crazy as we're about